1: Hello, and welcome to week eight of the Foot Weekly podcast. We've got a bit of a special episode. I'll introduce our regulars first. We have Air Japes. Hello, welcome back. Hello, Ben. Glad to be back. And we've got Josh as well. Hello, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Happy to be here. i guess excited for this episode. Yeah, especially because I know we're both big fans of our next guest on this podcast, and that is JJ Bull, who people will probably know straight away if you know him. And if not, he presents and analyzes football videos on the TIFO channel, specifically TIFO IRL, and yeah, they're very good informative videos. I think that kind of wraps up what you do, JJ. Hello.
3: Hello. That's right. I do a lot of football analysis on YouTube, and also it goes on other platforms too, available on your phone or I suppose computer. Yeah. People have computers. Or
1: athletic.com forward slash Tifo, of course. Though we should probably move swiftly on from Tifo's bit of a sore topic at the moment amongst the Ultimate Team community. Um, talking of, we should get into maybe your history with Ultimate Team, when did you start playing it? And uh, I guess well I'm assuming you played FIFA for a long while before that.
3: Oh, I've been I've played every single FIFA that has ever been released. I've been playing yeah, I've played every single one. Like go back to FIFA international soccer. Wow. Um, of course I went through the Pro Evo years when it was the one that was really in charge then it went back to FIFA again a lot earlier than people think it did then it went back to Pro Evo but no one really seemed to realise that and now I think it's I don't know where it is now I don't think any of them are very good now <laughs> so we're just to uh, play wherever you want yeah.
1: What kind of time did you pick up Ultimate Team itself?
3: Well the first year it came out. The, v- so, the very first year.
1: Is that even 9 or 10 or something? Yeah,
3: yeah that's what I think it was like maybe 8 or 9. Um, I spoke to the guy, there's a guy called Gary Patterson who was the creative lead on FIFA around about 08, 09. He's a guy who sports Aberdeen, like me, from oh. Scotland as well, from, from a place called Abimor. And uh, he was in charge of making FIFA the absolute monster that it is today, I would say, because the Metacritic was never higher than when he was in charge of it. Mm. And then he left to go and do other things and it started to go back down again. So all the best FIFAs were that guy. But yeah, he was there when it. he was explaining how a guy came up with the idea um back in the day yeah i think
1: it's tyler blair who came up with the idea originally for it and i mean the amount of money that that man has made for you is just kind of yeah. stupid and uh, you know it's not like it's a startup or anything or he had shares in the company so uh, just made do with a few promotions
0: i think he got a gift card <laughs> yeah and a, and a pizza party that's how it works <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly
1: yeah i think he has now left but um and in terms of Ultimate Team specifically, are there any you know fond memories you have of the early days of Ultimate Team, which might bring back some for, for listeners too? Uh,
3: that's a, Oh, that's a really fun thing to think about. I remember it being, because it was so new, because basically like, in the olden days, you played against the computer only, and then you played against your friend on a sofa, but then there's a certain point in time when everyone just played on their own. It's when online came, I guess, when you had like mm. the PS2, maybe PS3 maybe? Uh, PS3, I think.
1: Yeah. That's PS3. when it all
3: changed. Yeah, and so then you had everyone was playing just online rather than hanging out in on sofas. And I think, without wanting to sound, you know, like I'm going, oh, the past is better. It was far more fun playing with your friends that everyone did rather than just being online. But I guess you can play with people on like, Pro and stuff like that now. Um, but like, back in the day, it was just brand new and it was really cool, really addictive, right? Because it's like buying packs of stickers, which mm-hmm. everyone also did, those analog things. And that made it really, really fun. But then you had players like... Then, um, like Ahmed Musa was like a big star <laughs> for a while because everyone seemed to get him, and he was amazing for no reason whatsoever. Um, I remember once, once I got a Ronaldo uh, in my thing, and I sold and I sold him to wow. buy all the players I could just for fun, so I could keep buying new players to see what they were like. Wasted all the money, and that was a good day as well. I enjoyed yeah, that. I
1: mean, those are the days where you could really only open packs with FIFA points or coins, and you weren't getting them from anywhere else. So getting someone like that was just right, a yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
0: phenomenally rare occurrence. Like. All nine levels now. It used to be so much harder to get coins as well. So when you did get a yeah. player like that, it was like, oh my gosh. I used to play pro clubs with a bunch of guys, and I will never forget uh, one of the guys packed a Steven Gerrard because we were on Xbox. So this is back when they were legends. And he was like, everybody put a card up i'm going to give each each of you like 50k you know that type of thing because that was like a big <laughs> yeah. deal back then but yeah. it was far more social too it's almost like a
4: hilarious kind of allegory for like real life football it was like so much better before it became so capitalist and <laughs> cynically yeah, you know no, revolving yeah. around making money cuz it was it was it was our little corner of the internet where we could talk about trading 41212 bundesliga special cards and you know Like, uh, I I remember back when you had that holy trinity of like Jovino and Dumbia and it was, ah, yeah. Back in the good old days. And I wonder if, if we had that game now, if we'd all be sat here going, there's nothing to do, this is so boring. Like, it's just become this
1: unstoppable juggernaut, hasn't it? So, yeah. Do you find, JJ, someone obviously busy with lots of other things, you play other games and things, that the Ultimate Team is is very hard to keep up with
3: now? Um, I think there's a lot of reasons why that is. I mean, like a lot of people play either, there's lots of streamers, right? So that's a whole new thing that's happened in my time of playing video games as well. So that's come along. And then people like kids, especially teams take it very, very competitively. Mm. In in the world we live in, a post-truth world, there's only ever zero or one. You never get, Mm -hmm. you can't have nuance in there. And so everyone's, I I don't understand the toxic stuff when everyone's having a go at someone because they've managed to beat them. It doesn't make sense to me. It felt more fun back in the day when it was brand new and then there's so many things there and so many things you can possibly do. It's almost like too much. I kind of just want to have one thing that I plug in and do and then you get bored, then you add in more stuff.
0: Mm. I was going to say, I think once upon a time, like it was centered around you wanted to like build your team because you wanted to like play the game especially. Like when when I think... Back to what like pre-streamers or early streamers too, like people would pick up the game and play it the way they wanted to. So there was like a lot of variety in terms of what gameplay yeah. looks like. And now with the evolution of content creators, and to your like an excellent point on the zero to one mentality or zero or one mentality, it's either you take these like tactics that are getting or you know, mechanics that are clearly shown to be superior and utilize them, or you don't and it gives the game an air of predictability, which I think makes it really, really stale and also kills the joy of like exploration and experience of just figuring it out as you go.
3: I absolutely agree. And I find as well that like what's another thing that kind of puts me off playing is that uh, once you get out of the the you know the the junior leagues where you if you're ever played a computer game before, you can pretty much get up there quite quickly. To like I know League Six or something like that, and then you're sort of as long as you're not trying to get any further than that, you can have fun with it. If you don't mind losing to some sweat hog who's playing all of the the meta things, they manage to get all the players under the sun under their team. And then it just sort of becomes unfun because everyone's playing, like I noticed this recently with Ultimate Team, just every game you play, everyone's doing the exact same thing that you were saying earlier. Everyone's doing the same exact thing all the time. And it's always sit back, hit on the counter, spam the long balls. And it's not the same as like what football is. And football video games are different to what football is. This is the other thing as well. Like back in the day, Pro Evo, uh, Pro Evo 4 is my favorite. I remember one day we, I went to a tournament that was organized. People used to do that as well. Like, not a LAN tournament, but just literally there would be uh, you would go to a pub or a venue and then you would play this game on a big screen in front of everyone. And it was so fun. Because people because you wouldn't like, no one would have the same tactics as everyone else because they all got them independently. Mm-hmm. So I guess now you've got content creators and everyone knows what the right thing to do is. Everyone kind of copies each other so they get the advantage. So they're kind of doing like like Mourinho football to make sure that they win. You know, No mistakes, do what everyone else does and we'll be fine. But then in that tournament, you get people who would be Rather than going as like Brazil or Inter Milan, that game, people would come along and they would be um, Denmark because they would found Denmark are really fun to use this really weird 4-4-2 they'd figured out that they only do themselves against their friends on their sofa. And they were so much better than their, your friends. And you're like, oh my God, I've got to step this up a level. And there was something fun about that. But that's probably just me sort of moaning for the past because now it's probably a lot better. I think younger people probably enjoy it more as what you've got. There's just far more going on. But I find it very repetitive. Um, and the actual game... The actual game itself isn't very fun, I don't think, whereas all the stuff around it is pretty cool. Like you'll, A lot of people like football. Well, they think they like football, but I think they actually like the drama and the stuff around it. The actual game <laughs> is kind of secondary. <laughs> and I think that's probably the same with like FIFA. All the stuff around it is so cool. Like You can get lost in SBCs for hours and hours and hours and hours trying to work out what the hell you've got. But when you actually play the actual game, I'm like, ah, I'm not that desperate to play another one. That's what I find.
4: Yeah, I'd love to be able to play with my uh, back line on the halfway line, even though I'm down to nine men. Like, I, that's, you know, Please, can yeah. we
1: just spam off side trap and <laughs> 100 depth? <laughs> One interesting point I would make about this, just to provide a counterpoint, is that back in the early Ultimate Team days, uh, I mean, I played from the start as well, and it was still the same in terms of the way people
0: played. Like, it was it was still sweaty, right? It was still cutbacks and uh, all that kind of stuff. I think that, I think people still played it. A- Win though, Ben. Like in that in that sense, like people of course are always going to want to do that. But it it felt like once upon a time, <clears throat> you could still like surprise people or count like counter the the meta in some way. Mm. And I it every year that feels like maybe less. In, like there's always a superior formation that tends to like show up. I I guess for me, I just felt like you used to be able to play. Football more, or you used to be like. For me, it was important that you could watch your favorite club play over the weekend. You could try to take that philosophy and implement it into the game, and have a relative degree of success with that. Mm. And I think as the games evolved, that's become less of the case because the emphasis has been put on individual items. That makes the game feel less like real football to me because it's become you know more of a Mm. you have to have these stats and play this way with these mechanics versus. An overarching philosophy on playing
1: yeah well what's interesting is you know jj mentioned about getting to say i don't know division six and that being kind of a cap but i guess if you're you know japes you're an example of this because you have quite a high level of ability at playing the game like a football simulator right rather than playing to the meta you do end up pushing kind of higher in the divisions but i think what you're saying and i think it's true the the kind of ceiling for you has has come the ceiling
0: the ceiling is going down
1: yeah And that's not because of your ability. I don't, well, maybe it is, I don't know. I mean, I'm (laughs) getting much (laughs) older now, Ben. (laughs) Oh yeah, your words not mine. But I I think there is this pressure that the gameplay team have from the more commercial elements within EA that they need to be creating these uh, features that stand out, that attract people like play styles, for example, controlled sprint, which they know will allow people to, take a certain mechanic and use it and get satisfaction out of it and design new items which have those things and actually that detracts from the purity of the game really it, it is a crutch for people i think it, it, at least the way it's being used at the moment i, I mean i th- i think like if you if you look at content creation
4: back in the early days the biggest content creators were like skill move people that would go in these insane skill mm. runs and it was this compilation that was maybe like 4 or 5 minutes long of these unbelievable goals that are using skills you'd never seen in the game before it wasn't look at me winning 170 games without losing because i know exactly how to win every game and i just feel like the whole game has moved towards and and deliberately it feels like towards winning is the ultimate thing rather than having fun and trying to win and so now it's about like, I need these rewards, I need to get these packs, I need to improve my team in order to try and win more rewards, to get these packs, and then to improve my team. And And it's just this like cycle of you're entering every game with this mindset of, I have to win in order to have fun. Mm. I, I don't know how many people who regularly play the game had, like when was the last time they lost and went, that was a fun game.
3: That's exactly what I think. This this is exactly what I was thinking the other day. Is like, you know, what I've noticed is I like the game more when I win. But that sounds obvious, <laughs> right? <laughs> and a lot of what I'm saying is like the whingings of someone who needs to just get good at the game. And I'm I just don't want to have to get as good as that. I want to be able to, I want to be able to use the same skills I was using back in FIFA 14 or something on EAFC. But I like one of the things I think is interesting, like just about how the folks in the game was. Remember, I think it was oh wait, maybe oh nine or something like that was when, the, uh, I might be misremembering this, but the very first thing you did when you would like load up the game and go into it, you'd be on that training pitch and running around with your player. Yep. And then you'd go into the menu. So you just had fun just like messing about, rolling <laughs> yeah. the ball and learning all the tricks. And it was, it was really fun and silly and you could just do stupid stuff for fun. And you remember it, it's a video game. And you go into this now, it's like, it takes you like 15 minutes to get into a game. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you go into the game and you're like, why is my fender not tackling? Why, oh, I'm not allowed to tackle now. I have to just stand and hold some other player back. Well, he does all these little things, I don't know what he's doing, I'm out. That's kind of why I'm like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got a a note here to allow you to, you know, go off on one about the gameplay and what you think should change. So we'll come to that in a bit. I want to take a break here, but uh, come back after that and ask you about tactics, as long as it's not too much of a busman's holiday, of
2: course. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
1: Hello, and welcome back after the break. Now, something people want to know, including Flint Wren, is do you experiment with tactics in Ultimate Team? Because a lot of what you do is analyzing tactics. Or, as I said, does it make it a bit of a, a busman's holiday?
0: What does busman's holiday mean?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea is that you would uh, you do the same thing you do for your job, like for your holidays. If you're driving a bus and Got then you take a holiday, but you're on a bus mm-hmm. then it's not really a holiday because you're basically doing the same thing you were doing just in a different place uh, yeah <laughs> I guess so yeah
0: makes sense you know always brushing up on my uh, I don't know we'll call it like UK slang terminology yeah. expressions oh I'll
3: be very very useful at some <laughs> point yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I always
1: assumed this was because people who drove buses would have to drive on holiday because people do driving on holiday, but it turns out it's actually that they take a bus to their holiday in the sort of eighteen nineteen hundreds. So well, I
3: hope the listeners have learned something. Especially the bus drivers. That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> back to the question. Tactics. Oh, yes. Do you use them? Do you have a particular preferred tactic? Is it something that you've tended to use? Uh, you can even go back in time if you'd like.
3: Well, I like to. I like teams that keep the ball and pass around a 4-3-3 because that's how I like football to look generally. And so I try and do that, but um, I find that I can't often win if I do that. Mm-hmm. So what I have to do is do what everyone else is doing <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, copy what things are doing. I think people are doing a 4-2-4 four, four now or something like that. That's the last thing I noticed. But the thing I find difficult is I don't really understand exactly what the... Um, the, the like In theory many coaches will say you know you stay very narrow out of possession you go very wide in possession to make the pitch big and small in certain times of the of the game but then it's not as simple as that because it all depends and so the amount of things you want to do you need to be balanced for for most of it and then I don't have I never find myself able to work out what difference forward runs does versus fast or slow possession sometimes it seems to work really well and sometimes it's uh, the opposite and so I don't really believe that any of the settings make much of a difference <laughs> other than the other than the width. And you can sort of see that. And then depth. Like you're trying to play, you're trying to press high. So you want to play a high lines, you compact the space. But then the ball drops into where the players in that system would have to pounce in the middle of the pitch to creep up and squeeze it. And they just stand watching it. And so you can't do that because the system isn't it doesn't work with the tactical thing they've built in. So the most logical thing to do is have a much deeper line. If you've got a deeper line, you have to have a deeper starting point. You can't press high because you leave too much space in the middle to pass through. And also what Evan's trying to do anyway is just ping the ball over the top of your defense. So you dropped them deep, probably what you got to do. And then you just try and build. And then you find you can't really build through the the pitch. So I just sort of change things sometimes in-game. But then I run out of time in the, the pause menu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, <so> then, <laughs> and it turns out sometimes it doesn't even work when I go back out of it. So that's another thing that I found. But what generally what I do, I'm sure you do the same thing. If you're playing against a team who's got two strikers, you just have a back three because then you can pass out. You've got an overload. And that seems like a fairly basic thing to do. And then if you find that you can not play through the middle, you just stick someone in number six behind the strikers and sometimes you can play through there and I think when you change it you get away with it for like five minutes so does that answer the question? I sort of do but I find it quite difficult yeah. to, to read it
1: And There's a real lack of communication about what stuff does as well because depth doesn't even affect your team's depth when you're attacking which is Weird to think, right? What does it mean then? Does the, all these... It just affects your defensive line when you mm. don't have the ball. And also, I think where your players are willing to put pressure on. And there's been this whole thing about 71 depth thing, really effective. 71
3: uh, yeah. depth. See, this is like things like that. It's just so silly. <laughs> Everyone's got 71 yeah.
1: depth. Well, again, that's the funny thing. People have a whole 71 depth, but actually, it's
0: any depth above 71. Um, right. That's just how people think. The 71 depth thing, I'm like, they have to code in a change at some point. Like And so if it was 70, people would right, be like, oh, yeah, yeah. 70 depth. If it was 69 depth, well, that'd be a whole different meme. So <laughs> 71 feels like they they have to pick yeah. something. But I also feel like it's trivial in many ways because like, you would expect a more gradual change. Mm. I, I, it's just the nature of a video game in some ways. Do you yeah. know what's interesting is is like, JJ said there that he doesn't
4: think that many of those settings work. And I would agree that I don't think you see massive differences between some of those flick settings, Mm. but you do know it's a massive difference between 70 and 71 depth. And 71 depth really works and works too well. And that's what makes it game-breaking when you compare it to all the other stats. And it's why that's the thing everyone concentrates on in terms of what they want to see changed because you're essentially allowed to have this constant pressure tactic that's more smart than constant pressure that doesn't drain your stamina and it's it, it, you know when you when you actually like talk to somebody about it. i play this game where there's a certain setting that essentially means you can put this like gag and press on your players just don't get tired that just sounds ridiculous
3: mm. that's so interesting i didn't even like i played with it lots in the past but like i say that one of the things that frustrates me with it is that when it does seem to work, like doing a change like that, you've discovered the seventy-one by accident, right? Before you even go and start watching what everyone else is doing or read on Reddit what people are doing and stuff like that. And then what happens is uh, it just feels like it stops working, or they do something that your opponent does something that something seems to stop working. I don't. Know. I think a lot of it is my frustration at not being able to just do what I want to do. Like I want to be able to make the team play the way I want it to play. But well, the instructions don't quite replicate how I would yep. do it or how you would do it if you were coaching. Which is obviously it's not a coaching game; it's a video game. But like I play a lot of Warzone, right? And you, you have to tweak the guns there. And the current version—they've got a thousand things you've got to adjust, like the what's it called—the calibration of the the muzzle or something stupid like that. It's far too much. It's just you should be fun. You should really click onto it and do it. If my dad wanted to play that game, how would he do it? He wouldn't know what to do. Is like, what the hell does this mean? I'm out. I know what makes sense, right? And that's kind of what games are. they all have these little bits and pieces. But if there's a huge difference between 70 and 71, what does that mean?
0: Just quickly on the point of like, you want players to do something and you're not able to do it. I think one of the, for like very hardcore players or, or players that want to play like a specific style of play, like I feel like the instructions are actually kind of limiting. The problem with mm-hmm. when you add more instructions, then... Like, it it exposes mechanics and things yeah. that are broken. So there becomes a more extreme version of the meta. On, on the flip side of that, I'm often like, I don't. Like, I want my fullback to join the midfield. When I say inverted, I don't want him to end up next to my striker when I do that. And so there's like, <laughs> do you know, like, it's like, again, a zero or one. They either do something or they don't. And that's where I'm like, I would rather have some level of like, more nuance to it. But when you add that level of nuance, it adds like more complication for the casual. So I, it, it's a really a rock and a hard place situation for me.
3: So, what the way it appears to me is that the only real way to win is to mostly uh, wait for your opponent to open up and then hit them and just counterattack it. That seems to be the only way that good players do very well. Obviously, there's players at the very top tier you can do whatever they want. But like, if you just sit deep and do that over the top or just wait for them to open up and then hit them, that's what you do. And there's no real point in trying to be a heavy possession-based team.
4: Possession-based, I'd agree with. I think there are certain types of ways that you can attack that doesn't have to necessarily be like a, a counter or over the top. But yeah. it's it's very difficult to possess the ball a lot and be effective going forward because of the way your op- the opposition, it just deepens their team to a point where they just have like eight men sat on the edge of their box and it's like, come
0: break us down. And it's like watching United under Louis van Gaal. They just can't do it. (laughs) So I think if I think about football in many ways, like to play an elite level of possession, you have to have, like you have to be a pretty elite team, in my opinion. And so I think you, in order to play that style on FIFA, you have to be, or on FC, you have to be like quite a talented player. I think what this play on the break, the real challenge of this is that when you watch like a real football team and like say someone's playing against Man City, they're sitting back, they're trying to play on the break. The team playing on the break is not attacking you with Mbappe and Cruyff. And do you know what I mean? Like they're not playing on the break with that level of player. And so it feels when they do play on the break like that, largely like ineffective. So when I, I guess PSG has played on the break against some teams before too and to relative degrees of effect. But I, I think part of the reason it ends up feeling that way is because you can build a team of players very easily that can effectively play on the break. But the to play that way, to play a possession-based play style, you can put those players together, but you're going to leave major, major gaps that are easy to exploit by top players in the game. And so it feels like a, like why, why would I play this possession based style? Because the downside risk is so high in a game like FC, where it's the, in, on the, on the real pitch, if you're able to do it, the risk reward is, scenario is entirely different. I think it's actually interesting because one of the players who comes on this podcast
1: regularly, who actually plays heavy possession is Hubert, right? And I think the reason why he plays possession is actually because he's a sort of late ultimate team joiner and reached a very high level in online seasons outside of uh, ultimate team. And I think because he was in that mode where it is less competitive than ultimate team itself it basically meant that he could do that without you know, feeling the pressure of the meta in the same way that a lot of people do with an ultimate team. Because I actually think that if you really focus on possession play, you're never going to get, uh, you're sure, you're never going to be like top level. You're always going to be slightly behind people who are playing that meta way. But if you stick to it and you kind of committed to it, you improved your team in a way that made it much more viable, it is going to be something that could allow you to reach a, a fairly high level. I don't think that necessarily there is one way of playing, but there is one way of playing which will get you results beyond your ability,
0: right? Yeah, I think that's very true. I also think if you're playing for results, I think when you're playing this like possession style, you you achieve, it's like immensely frustrating because you have to work, to work a chance slowly, methodically in FC. It is exhausting. To do that. Mm. It is very, very easy for your opponent to press in a variety of different ways. It is hard to keep the ball. It's hard to work a chance through the middle once their back line gets set up. And when you spend the time to do that and the effort to do that, and then your opponent breaks on you and they get a chance every single time they break. It's mentally like exhausting and frustrating. And I think the other aspect of it is in order to play that possession style, your connection has to be perfect. Mm. It has to be close to perfect, or you are going to get it taken away from you because you don't have the opportunity to misstep. Whereas on the break, if your connection's not perfect, you can get away with it. You can absolutely get away with it. And so I, I just think the game has been now built in many ways to be too open because somebody has decided that more goals is a better experience and because of that playing on the break equates oftentimes to more goals more open more skills like that sort of thing and 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 that's the that seems to be the direction that they've decided is a more fun gaming experience irrespective of if it's representative of the real game and and i i think as well like it's
4: it's just considering the point of what if they added more tactics to allow you to be more specific in what you wanted to do and my brain goes to football manager because that's the like comparison of you can really get into the minutia of what your players will do on the pitch and there are still and a people a group of people that will play football manager that will look for the most broken tactic and download the tactic and put it in and just cuz they just want to win and they want to buy the best players and that's fine but there is a massive group of people that play football manager who want to play their style, who want to win with a, you know, three back with like overlapping center backs. And like they want to do this kind of weird thing. And so they'll tweak and tinker because they want to win in a certain way. Whereas in FC, it's now like you've just want to win and the best way to win is to use the meta tactic that everyone else is using to to it's not about scoring nice goals it's just about scoring goals and that i think it's that that's the separation between i think how the game used to be played to how it's played now mm. and if you add more options of like you know, oh well, you can position certain players in certain places. You just wait for a pro player to go. These are the most broken tactics. You get this player to go and stand here, and the defensive AI just can't go and cover it. And then everyone does it, and because they want to win. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird place we've gotten our gotten ourselves into.
1: Yeah, and JJ, if you actually, we had someone who's basically like a four three three false nine expert on the other week. who had a specific tactic he was using, which he felt was very effective for passing buildup. And I used it. It was quite good um, because I'm a meta rat. It didn't really help me, but it it may do for you. So maybe we'll send it over to you. And if you end up playing, you can give it a go and just see whether that uh, tactic actually does sort of unlock that system. But he's kind of gone to town on it in a way that I think a lot of people maybe wouldn't push things that far. Like pretty much everything about it is making sure there's lots of movement and lots of space. And you shouldn't really need to push a tactic to that kind of extreme to just play a passing game, but um, it'd be interesting to see if you try it and uh, and it works. But you said you you know wanted to specifically talk about gameplay overall in I guess now FC but FIFA and the way it's been going. You know, imagine a, a gameplay developer is is listening to this podcast. What would you say to them? You wanted to see change in the game for next year's cycle let's say
3: oh i mean if if they were to listen to what i have to say after whinging about it for the last however long (laughs) (laughs) i mean i just miss when it was fun and it's not because i am now older and the games were younger when i was younger and whatever but genuinely they used to be more fun i try and think about this whether it's because, like you know, as you get older, you have less time to play them, so you can't focus on them. And, and during university was when I paid the, the most amount of, um, especially Pro Evo, and then like FIFA, I guess uh, seven, eight, nine things like that. Afterwards, there was instant playability about it, and if you lost, it was more annoying that you'd lost to your friend um, rather than. I think it doesn't help that you're playing against anonymous people on you know online. That probably has a little bit to do yeah. with it. Actually,
1: on that point, it's very. Quickly, sorry to interrupt, uh, but very relevant here is uh, a conversation that I saw going on between parents in the Discord who were talking about how their kids get very wound up at Ultimate Team, specifically online, even though yeah. theoretically the gameplay is very similar in Squad Battles, um, but that didn't wind them up. Other games didn't really wind them up. But I think is that one versus one very adversarial kind yeah,
0: of... Yeah, it's a,
1: 100%. Yeah, that kind of thing that really gets people worked up about it. But it's interesting because we probably played plenty of one versus one back in the day but obviously you were sitting opposite the person that you're playing against and that really removes a lot of that uh kind of anonymity i guess you were talking about and there's not much gameplay developers can do about that but obviously there is about other things
3: well maybe a bit i mean i like the online gaming part i mean that's the fun bit right and it's fun you get addicted to it but there's a few things that are at play here i think there's a few things one worrying thing is the sort of addictive nature of having what are essentially uh, loot boxes in there, but whatever—it's mm. a thing, right? So you've got packs, whatever. That is incredibly like buying stickers is a thing. Like you know, in the past, I've like um, taken fifty p from a desk in my house so I could go buy some stickers because it's addictive. You want to get the play like the players you want at the time.
0: You get that dopamine hit.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's one hundred percent. I think it's really dangerous for kids, and I think it'll be a thing that we see. <laughs> this is actually uh, quite serious. I think we'll see a lot of something will happen off of it, and you got a whole generation of kids now who are being made to think that betting on football or any sport is a normal thing to do in the weekend. Yeah, put an account on, lads, that's what you should do. But like, it's not normal to do it. It's a thing you could do on the side, but it's presented as a normal thing lads do it, so they market it. And so everyone at school, whatever, will go and uh, play FIFA. And then, um, you know, they get their all the best packs and the races to get the best packs and the best players, because then you have more chance of winning and winning is what you, you have to kind of do. So that's one part of it, I think, is... It kind of makes it there. And then when you've got this this thing that hooks you in to wanting to... Like the ranking system is is a good idea because it's fun to test yourself and get better and better. But again, you want to just try and keep beating uh, where you are to get better and better and better. And then that's where it comes down to the thing that has really frustrated me over the last few years with all the, the, the FIFA games. And I don't feel it so much on EA because I haven't played it anywhere near enough to really feel it. But in the past, you can tell... When you're playing against someone who's just much better than you and they just do you 7-0, like, all right, it's fine. You know, that that person's clearly much better than me, they know how to play the game, I'm not good enough, that's fine, I don't mind that. But when it feels like the computer is also against you, <laughs> sometimes I make the tackle, sometimes they don't, and it adds an element of randomness to it. So you're never fully in control. That's why like the old Evos were really fun, because everything you did was your fault. If you could go for a slide tackle or try and hack someone to death, it's your own fault if you miss it. And it's funny. And if you try and like, make a tackle, you just held down the X button, they go in and tackle it. I know they changed the mechanics now, so you have to use, you have to move them into position and try and hold it off and do all this other nonsense. I don't think it's very fun trying to get the exact line right so you can possibly try and nick the ball at the right time. But actually, it's more fun in the past when those weren't quite there. Yeah. I recently went and played, uh, I'm harking back to the past again, but there's a shop in London, classic football shirts, and they've got a uh, PlayStation 2 there I don't know if you guys have been but they've got um, uh, the old Pro Evos and the old Fifas and stuff like that man they're really fun because <laughs> they don't have a lot of this stuff in because the, the tech can do it now and they don't have dynamic sliders changing in games to change you know, the difficulty of whatever this is and whatever that is. and yes I know like a lot of this will sound like someone who's just not very good at the game but I used to be really good I used to be really really good back in like 14 whatever but now you can either spam it to death And you can get the results that you want to climb up the thing and you can spend your money if you want to on packs or you get a few lucky players. And it's quite nice that dopamine hit when you get a nice player come in. But at its core, the gameplay isn't as fun as it was. It feels less like a video game, more like a simulation that you're hacking your way through to try and achieve something that you don't really need to achieve.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. And also your point about randomness is a good one. I think it's a source of great frustration, even though it is, I guess, what makes it feel like a football simulator rather than just something like, I don't know, Rocket League, for example. I mean, obviously that's cars, but that has much less randomness, very strict physics, doesn't have in-game stats having an impact and that sort of thing. But the other thing is the AI impact because, you know, you do have 10 players on the pitch that are controlled by the AI. And that's the big question for me. How do you make a game which feels rewarding when you can only have so much influence on it? No, that's a good question, yeah. Uh, And I think one of the things they have done is tried to add ways of controlling the AI through different mechanics, but that can often make the game feel like, you know, mechanic versus mechanic and and over-reliance on that rather than just playing your football if you like. Uh, But I think the thing is that in the past, the AI was probably more basic and actually probably easier to exploit than it is now, but you didn't have the same transmission of that information about how to exploit it to the same extent you do now and it wasn't so crucial to be able to do that because the game wasn't rewarding in that same sense and part of the game being rewarding was just playing it right
3: it's a lot to do with feel i think but like and and it's not nostalgia but genuinely i remember the games that were fun and the games that were fun for me uh, playing them for various reasons were pro Evo 4 and 5 they were really fun 6 was not quite the same cause it started to change and then in terms of fifa when gary patterson was that lead of them those were the most fun ones. That's like I remember that they were really fun and about FIFA 14 was probably the about the last sort of one that I think was genuinely really fun and people just pick it up and play. And now I think there's a lot more to it and it takes more to get good at the game. It feels maybe that's maybe that's the nature of what all video games, they've all seemed to change a lot from what they were in the past. But if you were to pick your favorite version of the game mine would be those ones for however the way they feel when you play them. You want to play another game after you win or lose. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think, and that's that's the best way I can probably put it, even though I know it's not very eloquent or doesn't really explain much. But there's something to the way that those games felt particularly that was more like how video games should be rather than how football should be. Part of
0: me wonders if it's it's like a stress level. Like, I, I feel like I could just like, I used to be able to like load up a game of FIFA and it would be fun. And part of it, I think, is because I would be able to come up into matches where I could absolutely just like batter someone all the time. Like now, I'm constantly being matched up against players that are like at minimum equal to my skill level always, and so every game feels so freaking stressful. Every game feels stressful. <laughs> yep, skill based matchmaking and, ruined fun. Yeah, in video it's like games. every game. Every game is. The, that? Yeah. Every game is the Champions League, like every yep. single one, and I don't ever get to go out and batter Manchester United. Like, <laughs> I just want to have a couple I of mean, those games. You can ga- do that in the Champions League as well. <laughs> but like, if you go, if you've ever, people don't play draft anymore. But if you pop into mm. draft, oftentimes your first game, maybe second game of draft can be like really fun and relaxing and you can try some new things and like, you like try to score some cool goals and it's like fun. That Like every game now is insanely stressful and I just like when it gets stressful like that, the difference is in the details. And oftentimes those details are AI or broken mechanics and it makes it not like not as enjoyable. Yeah, I think that's very true. Uh, We'll take a break and we'll be back with
1: more questions for JJ right after this. Hello, listener. An important thing to say here is that there's a 36,000 FC point giveaway going on on the patron and not only that but there's a free trial as well so you can get access and listen to support episodes for a limited window and then if you'd like to you can continue to stay and support for just three pounds a month and you'll get double the podcast content there really has never been a better time to support if you've been considering it doing so and uh, the way you can find that is by just searching support for weekly or following the link in the description of this podcast you can also go to bit.ly slash more pod it'd be a pleasure to have you as a supporter of the pod and if you consider doing so a huge huge thank you let's jump back into the podcast
2: Plus.
1: hello welcome back after the break a question i have for you jj is you've mentioned other games you play clearly you play quite a few there things that fc moving forward could incorporate from those games which would improve it
3: uh yeah that's a very difficult to answer isn't it because i mean there's so much to what ea fc has now there's so many different options so many things like and you'd think oh it's actually absolutely great but i don't know it's probably a bit like People might think the best cheeseburger you can possibly get is the one that's got all the stuff in it. You know, it's got loads of stuff and it's dripping everywhere and it's really messy. That's rubbish. What you want is like a neat, small, tidy thing you could hold in your hand but it's really simple and nice. Just like a like bleaker burger. That's what you want, right? You just want two smashed patties <laughs> with a nice bun. It's really dead simple and that's why it tastes amazing. It's really simple. You don't want something with a menu with like it has got an entire cow in it and then like the remnants of the shed that the pigs lived in or something on top of it. <laughs> Barbecue perfect. It doesn't matter. You don't need that. And so I think with like football manager, it's quite complicated to get into as a beginner. And it's when you try and tell someone to go and play it like, oh, God, it takes so long to get into. But it's very rewarding. And you can. What, what
0: about it is rewarding?
3: Uh, <laughs> well, that's a good question because it can stress your head as well. I think it's rewarding because it feels like you're um, building something long term, which doesn't require instant, constant stress. Like you don't have mm-hmm. to react instantly to get something right. And you feel like uh, you can see things you are doing being applied in-game. And then you get to learn about the the whole sport as well. And you get to see all these different players. And you can go scouting, and that's quite fun. And you can play it in any number of ways. You can do whatever you want. You can play at Moneyball. You can go as a big club. You can go as a small club. You can really make the world what it is it's like reading a book a little bit rather than having to constantly follow the same line or like FIFA or something like that
1: yeah it's kind of like a sort of choose your own adventure type thing isn't it yeah josh sorry where you want to get a question in or two and we're running out of time so go for it i suppose just to kind of bring things more to you cuz this, this wasn't an interview
4: but i would be i would be interested in that like i've Love Tifo football from very early on. I remember some of the first oh, videos. Thanks, I thought they were brilliantly done, different to anything else that was being done in the football space. And where it's gone is totally deserved. And if if people are listening and have not watched anything, go and watch some Tifo football videos with the IRL stuff and the the like animated documentary style things that are awesome. Mm. Is this your like dream job? Is this what you've always wanted to do? Or is there a job in like the world of football that you're aspiring towards that you end up wanting to? wanting to do
3: director of football at Aberdeen
1: surely
4: <laughs>
3: uh, I wouldn't do that with me um <laughs> I absolutely love it like, it's so much fun I worked really really hard a lot of people ask me how I get to where I, where I where I got and then the answer I always say is that you have to have a goal in mind you have to try and get like you have a goal in mind for like five ten years and you work backwards and then you work really hard because you get lucky by working hard and, and you know there's bumps along the way but that's that's what happens and if you're good at it um or you uh you'll do well. If you're not good at it, you work even harder. And also the thing you have to do is be nice to everyone. That's what you got to do. There's no point in being mean or treating it competitively. You have to just be nice and just do the thing that is yours, do the thing that you like doing. And then it eventually opens up. Like it is nuts uh, that I get to do what I'm doing. I'm very, very, very lucky. I get to talk about football and I made sure, I tried to make sure that what I'm talking about has authority and is researched and hopefully is enjoyable because I like to just be able to be silly. I want to make sure that every day I go to work, I have a really fun time. That's the most important thing. You should always have fun in whatever you're doing, I think. Mm. And if you can make money out of that, that's really, really fortunate. Um, but if you think doing accounts is fun, that's also great. I would love to be uh, someone who thinks accounting is fun because then, you know, that's probably an easy life.
4: <laughs> As a former accountant, now turned video editor, I can wholeheartedly back that <laughs>
3: statement. Hey, there you go. So yeah, it's the same same thing, right? So. I mean I'm sure you guys love doing this as well like it's really fun just doing a thing that you enjoy doing and it's nice that you get um, well sometimes it's nice that you get almost live feedback occasionally it's not yeah. but that's, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hey,
1: here's a here's a question to end on if you could add any player that's not a current icon, hero so a player from the past into the game
3: oh yeah okay well Ian Jess
1: I don't know if you do you know Ian Jess? It rings a bell but maybe you mentioned him before
3: Ian Jess was a, an ex Aberdeen player incredibly talented scored absolutely unbelievable goals. But an Aberdeen Aberdeen boy, he was my favourite player for Aberdeen back in the day. Or just for fun, give you a nice send-off, I would have a player called Nigel Pepper. You ever heard of Nigel Pepper before?
1: I've heard the name before, but I couldn't tell you anything about him. Well,
3: (laughs) Nigel Pepper, because he's probably uh, slide-tackled you on the street at some (laughs) point. (laughs) Nigel Pepper was a hard-working defensive midfielder who joined Aberdeen, I think around about 1997 or 8, something like that, maybe 9. And uh, my lasting memory of Nigel Pepper and why he'd be great in the game is because he'd have something like Tackles 99 or something like that. So once he came on, once he came on a really important game, came on as a substitute and the co- the announcer says, and coming on now, number something, something, Nigel Pepper. And then the throw-in happens. Nigel Pepper makes one of his excellent tackles. And then that's a red card for <laughs> Nigel Pepper. I mean, literally about seven seconds, something like that, 12 seconds. It was really funny. In his
4: debut, he was sent off after six minutes. And the game you're talking about was his first game having come back from
1: his suspension.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah, I forgot about that bit. That's why it's even funnier. God, that was good. Yeah.
1: So yeah, uh, the, the Wikipedia description of him as a combative midfielder is, is maybe
3: <laughs> underselling that a little bit. Yeah, if he was playing the EA, it would be a controller smasher, I think.
1: Yeah, he would. But yeah, JJ, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And if people want more JJ talking about real football um, rather than the virtual football, uh, you can find him on Tifo IRL specifically um, but other places too and you know there's even musical content if people want to find it
3: oh that's uh, yeah <laughs> don't go looking for that now but th- thanks very much for having me it's really nice to, p- to be on I'm sorry for moaning about the game because I mean it is fun sometimes
0: to play you know all the all the moaning just comes from the fact that like obviously we've all played the game for a very long time and we we do I would say like genuinely care about it and if we didn't care at all then there would be nothing to moan about
3: well, like I said, the most important thing in like, in life or your job or whatever is to have fun and I want things to be fun and if I can help get them there, that's my entire purpose. Yeah,
1: a nice, more positive way to round this off. And we should say thank you very much as well to Josh. Great to have you on this podcast. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great to be on. Um... Because I like
4: talking about football and FIFA a little bit more, or FC now, a little bit more holistically. So it
1: was, a, it was good good chats. Indeed. And James as well, always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. An interesting chat.
0: Yeah, cheers. Enjoyed the, you know, I think the philosophical side of it or the, you know, some of the mental side of the game. It's, it's easy to get stuck in the mechanics. So uh, taking a bit of a high level zoom out is always, always a good time in my book.
1: Indeed. All right. Thank you very much to all your listeners out there listening along. Greatly appreciate it if you'd like to subscribe via uh, all the usual podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. And of course on YouTube where you can leave a like and drop a comment. And uh, if you would like more podcasts then you can of course support um, via Patreon. There's a free trial at the moment if you would like it. And a big thank you to all those supporters for supporting the podcast and keeping it going including those icon patrons dave b hugh j darren w alistair m Dom p rob p jeff b damon h tom b adam g neil p alex m jake s dan w roger d lee a andrew c nishant waterman dylan h adam r rob l brendan w michael k david g jimmy k michael b aditya s Plus, a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foote for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.